So without further ado, I'm going to introduce my wonderful newbie panel and we're going to kick off the conversation. So this week, we have the lovely Lottie of Shell Cottage Radio, which is a Harry Potter podcast joining us. Welcome, Lottie. Hi, everyone. As always, I'm so glad to be here. And this week, we have a new newbie. So please welcome Miss Aubrey Brunchwig, a graphic designer extraordinaire and show connoisseur. Welcome, Aubrey, to the chat. Hi. I've been fangirling and Awesome. Awesome. We're so happy to have mm -hmm. you. So this week, we, I'm going to give a very brief summary, and then I'm going to ask you both for your one-word reactions to the show and why. So we saw the devastation this week that was wrought by the eruption of Mount Doom. Uh, it opened on chaos, a scene of devastation, ashes, and terrible, terrible scenes of people who had been injured by the eruption. Um, and also we saw Prince Durin take matters into his own hands. We returned to the elves and the dwarves in that storyline. Lots to discuss there. Um, we also saw the Harfoots part, Harfoots part ways with the stranger and um, a lot unfolded in that storyline as well. So ladies, we'll start with you, Lottie. I'll get your one word reaction to this episode and why. Yeah, uh, this week it's a pretty obvious one. So I went with fire because there's fire everywhere. But I just want to say this. Um, yeah, we start, I mean, we start off with fire everywhere and we end with fire. Mm -hmm. And in the middle, there's an interesting part about fire that I want to talk about later, though, because I think there's not only just one side to fire. Mm. Yeah. yeah, fire. Yeah, I mean, the fire scenes were a little disturbing. I have to say they did not hold back when they were showing uh, some of the injured folks in the tent with missing limbs and blood and burns. It was, it was, it was really intense. So yeah, that's a, that's an apt choice of words. Uh, we'll go to you, Aubrey. What's your one word and why? Um, suspended because he felt like an episode that was a big climax episode. It felt very much like what was filling this space between our season finale. What happened last week? Mm -hmm. Definitely, yeah. It it did feel like it was a bit of a filler episode. Um, there was it was very heavy on the dialogue and um, very intimate scenes, just uh, one on one of characters you know, in conflict with each other. So it was a little less action packed and more, I think, focused on character development and the conflicts between, um, you know, two characters really coming to a head. Um, so I want to take it from the Galadriel storyline in the beginning uh, when she she wakes up, you know, she's disoriented. The camera work is very disorienting in this scene. Um, she's seeing all around her fire and um she she does encounter theo and i think that in this um episode we got to see a bit of a softer side of galadriel um when she interacts with theo and sort of takes him under her wing so i want to get your thoughts on galadriel this episode um let's start with you again once again lottie mm -hmm. yeah i loved it i loved galadriel in this episode and i loved how they started uh, they did a really good job at portraying this whole 
despair that came over the land. It was like mm. you said, uh, they didn't hold back. You could see people were dying. People were still dying. Antimo is no more. <laughs> um, and uh, other characters, we don't know if they survived. Um, yeah. Seeing and- Antimo die was really a that was an upsetting moment yes. i don't know how he felt about that but yeah that was pretty tragic it was and um i felt like it takes a lot to uh like you know galadriel is a strong character it takes a lot to knock her out and mm-hmm. to see her on the on the ground and covered with all that dust and everyone's trying to save people getting you can't see anything the mm-hmm. the whole thing is you we're all blind, you know, until mm. they get out of there. But um, they did a fantastic job with the colors. And it's, it feels like the whole world is still burning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I love, yeah. sorry, I love the, I think we get to that later. Um, I love the conversations between Galadriel and Theo. They were really good. Yeah, some wonderful dialogue there. I think that the dialogue between Galadriel and Theo may have been the best of the show, actually. We, we sort of saw the Galadriel that a lot of us have in our minds, the Galadriel of the third age, who's very wise, who is, you know, more measured in what she is saying. She wasn't so impulsive. And I think it was a smart choice of the show to use Theo to bring this side of her out, to use her, to use Theo in this way. Um, She sees this young, vulnerable person who she feels like she needs to mentor. And at the same time, she's sort of reminding herself of Mm -hmm. these things that she holds to be true, but hasn't necessarily been acting on, right? She sort of hasn't been behaving in a way um, that is that is typical of someone in her position or someone of her station. Um, that's what I got out of it. Um, right. But- it, w- it felt like she was also talking to herself when she she told Theo at one point, um, it darkens the heart to speak good of evil deeds, right? And we saw yes. her the episode before when she showed her dark side and it was almost like she was reminding Theo, but also herself in that moment. Yes, yes. It was um, It was just absolutely so perfect to get to finally return to the person that I have pictured in my mind as Galadriel. Um, yes, so, Aubrey, yes. I'm, I'm curious to hear your reaction also to Galadriel and how her plot played out this time. I think we're having some technological issues possibly with Aubrey's uh, connection, so... We'll just kind of skip ahead. Aubrey, you jump in whenever you can. That's totally fine if you can still hear us. Um, I want to get to really what I think was the heart and soul of this episode, which was um, the dwarves and the elves. Mm -hmm. Uh, So Prince Durin and the conflict between he and his father. Some of those scenes I thought were absolutely so powerful. Um, And the performance we got of, out of Owen Arthur was some of the strongest, I think, that we've seen thus far. Just so much passion and and so much um, heat there. So, Lottie, anxious to to hear what you thought of those scenes. Worked for you? Didn't work for you? Mm-hmm. Uh, someone said it earlier, I think, uh, that to them it's the strongest storyline, Elrond and Durin. Mm-hmm. And I agree uh, to some degree because I love their friendship I love their conversations still bickering and 
um, you can really feel, even though they've been apart for a while, it's Elrod is Durin's best friend. And I love mm-hmm. when they said, you know, you feel a little bit more like, even, you're, even though you're an elf, you feel like a dwarvish elf. And Elrond yeah. said, you feel like a more like an elvish dwarf. That was pretty neat. Um, and I mm-hmm. absolutely adore Dor. Disa. Um, yes. She is really oh. one of my favorite characters in this. I, I just want more of her <laughs> all the yes, time. Yes, when... Oh, so good. Yeah. Her, her passion, she... yeah. Oh, so sorry, Jen, go ahead. <laughs> oh, no, I'm just so excited about this also. When she's, I love the scene when she's hammering. Uh, she, yes. she's, she's sort of, you know, angry hammering <laughs> and yeah. talking to, to Durin. And I thought a lot of her dialogue was really interesting, that she's sort of winding Durin up and saying, you know, we should go against the king mm-hmm. and one day we will rule these kingdoms. Yeah. Sort of a, a little bit of a darker side of DC I know. It sounds darker, but at the same time, you can't help yourself but kind of agree and, and root for her, even though it sounds like, oh, we're going to take over and we're going to rule. But at the same time, right. I feel like she's going to be a good queen. Yeah. Right. And it's, but, I thought the tension was so great in this conflict because you're sort of, you see both sides. You right. see that, you know, King Durin is concerned because they, he's concerned for the safety of his people. Um, and when we see the Balrog at the end, you know, it really underscores the reason that he's concerned. But then you have his son who's so concerned with helping his friend and the struggle right. there. So I think this was just a really smart conflict because really we as the audience were also so torn between uh, these two conflicting motivations of the right. two characters. And um, that friendship, I think the friendship between Elrond and Durin, it's really wonderful. Um, it's such a strong Tolkienian theme. Um, friendship and cross-cultural communication. Um, So I think that that is being done very, very well in this series. Yeah. And I still have questions, though, about what's happening to the elves right now. Like, I, are they being poisoned by the darkness? You know, how we see the the leaf, the darkness kind of Mm -hmm. goes away once it goes near the mithril. But are we talking about weeks or months or years until they would die without the mithril? You know, to me, it's a little bit, I I get where they don't have to explain everything to me, but a little bit more would have been nice in that regard. So it would make more sense why they're so desperate. And and what is, I think um, Trisha would say, what's at stake? What's their, you know, what is their, what are they sacrificing? (laughs) Right. Right. Yeah. So we saw this week that when the mithril was put next to the leaf, um, the rot that was affecting the leaf totally cleared up. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think this this leads us to believe that mithril does has, have these healing properties. Um, but I am curious, Aubrey, if you can, um, are you with us now? I think you're back. I think so. Can you hear me? Okay. Yes, you're a little quiet, but um, if you want to go ahead and weigh in on the the mithril and um, the the curative powers of mithril, I'd love to get your thoughts as somebody who is not super familiar with the lore. Is this confusing? Um, Is it totally clear what they're going for? Right. Um, um, So I 
also to I have to agree with, with Lottie. It's a little bit why the leaves are dying, dying and why the mithril will, will help. Um, my, my understanding <laughs> um, is around the Cimmerils. The, the mithril in in the show has with the light of the Cimmerils via this giant battle between in an elf, right? Yes. So, yes. So, in the show, we're, the elves are hoping that if they can get the, their hands on this Mithril, it's going to restore them. Um, and it's unclear whether or not the Mithril will actually have those curative properties um, and affect them the same way that it affects the, the leaves or the tree. Um, so I think it's a little bit ambiguous right now and maybe intentionally ambiguous. Um, but uh, we were we were really less focused on that and more focused on you know, how is this relationship going to to play out between Durin and Elrond? And Durin risking everything, I thought, was so, so powerful. And I also really wrestled with it because he went against his father. And is he putting his own people at risk um, by by helping his his elvish friend. This is so countercultural for a dwarf to do this. This is such a big deal to defy your king and to and to help your friend. Um but I want to hear Aubrey, you know, is that storyline did it bring you in? Did you enjoy it? Are you enjoying this friendship between the two? I mean, they're they're so sweet together. I enjoy all of the scenes with those two. I think the, I mean, the, the scene with his dad was such a, I mean, that was a drag out fight. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, I thought it was like, obviously this like, like father son relationship, but it also drew in dedication to his friendship that he would literally essentially a point where he would be severing ties with his father to support you know um so it's that's like a we saw over the course of the show that they have a you know dedication to each other um but this i felt like 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 oh i'm willing to sacrifice familial relation relation yeah, yeah. I mean, I think the hard the hard thing to watch is that um, you know, we saw that there are going to be consequences to him siding with his friend. Um and so this this was personally really hard for me to watch play out because we know that they've now awoken a Balrog and we still don't know what that means. If if in the next episode you know, we're gonna see the fall of Kaza Doom, we don't we don't really know yet. But um it's it's a little bit painful uh, to know that he has staked everything on this relationship with uh, with Elrond and that it's not going anywhere not going anywhere good. I mean, maybe they'll surprise us, but uh, but 
seeing the Balrog was certainly uh, kind of scary. And uh, <laughs> um, hopefully it doesn't all end abruptly. I mean, I hope we get a whole lot more of the dwarves and the elves. But um, I want to move to the Harfoots. Um, curious, Lottie, to get your reaction to the Harfoots this week. <laughs> the Harfoots make me hungry for apples. No, just kidding. Because yeah, <laughs> they look so fruit. good. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. But what I really like was the abrupt contrast between when we just saw that scene full of fire, injured, dead, and then we it's like that we go um to the Harfoots, they're just singing and walking. I mean, they then discover also something is wrong. Something is not as it should be. But I love that we immediately feel comfortable once we go to the Harfoots. Everyone wants more scenes with the Harfoots. And to me, um, they're just those, I mean, they have their own characters that are not, you know, 100%. Uh, they have their own issues or like, um, you know, what's her name? Malva I wanted to leave some of the other Harfoots behind. But to me, in general, they they are those innocent creatures who just, they don't have a king. They don't seek greater power. They just want to go and eat and sing and have a good time and be together with their families. So to me, seeing uh, the later when their uh, all their wagons catch fire or they set them on fire, that was like one of the saddest, heart most heartbreaking things ever. Yeah, totally agree. Um, oh, I think I jumped ahead. Yeah, I didn't. Sorry. Yeah, that before that, it was, yeah, when the stranger, Meteor Man, it looked like, again, they're reaching out to him. He's attacking. It looked like he was attacking, uh, what was her sister's name? I forget. He's attacking. L little Harfoot. Uh, yeah, the little Harfoot girl. And Nori, um, but Nori, I think Nori this whole time, she still, she had it from the beginning, that feeling, no, she can trust this stranger, even though everything sometimes tells her to run away, but I think, and finally we get the um, separation of a little Harfoot group joining the stranger, but um, yeah, I think it's awesome when they show that the stranger is actually, again, he does good things. It may They don't understand what he's doing, but he does good things. Right. I mean, I think this week they were, it, it was really, really tricky because they, it's clear that he is a peril to them. You know, we, we, we hearken back to that previous episode where he says, he thinks, am I a peril? And he's wrestling with that. And Nori's mm -hmm. saying, no, you're not a peril. But they have seen twice now that he is accidentally causing them harm and this week it was yeah. an accident that, that the branch fell when he was trying to restore the tree um but it's clear that just his being there is a danger to them so they decided to part ways and that was personally really heartbreaking mm -hmm. um i thought because nori had vouched for him so hard and uh, yeah. you kind of see the con the inner struggle there um and I I was very reassured to see that Sadak, you know, helps him. He gives him the constellation and says, you know, you're going to find your people. You've got to 
you go see the men and they'll help you, you know, get back to where you belong and follow this constellation. Um, and I am excited that a small band of hobbits is going to um, track him down because I think it's going to allow yeah. us to focus in more on those characters, those four hobbits that go. Um, I, I think we're definitely going to leave the caravan and just follow the story of these four little hobbits. So I'm, I'm really excited to to get more there. Um, Aubrey, do you want to weigh in on the Harfoots this time? I too was excited about the foursome of hobbits. We are, are very familiar with a for some of the uh, Peter Jackson series um, from the Lord, there's a lot of fun references that can have. Um, I was very excited about that um, because I was very, very sad when her um, man away. Yeah, I thought it was, I thought it was super sad. And and of course, like the little, little the. Um, flower like i uh joe that's tried to point towards him being is he evil and they're definitely toying with the um so i thought that the of the the flower coming back back was great because i do think we can we can trust him i hope um, and then yeah and then the scary appearance that was I was like wow all their all their a volcano and now these these guys show up and it was a double whammy for for the poor Harfoots yeah that scene was pretty chilling those uh, cultists the three cultists showing up was um, I was hoping for more of them, actually, get to see more of them. But I thought it was um, so smart to just have them show up and say nothing and, you know, do something so evil because we're even more curious now about these straight about these three strangers. Who are they? You know what? It's clear that they're hunting the stranger. We don't know why. Um, but they're definitely nefarious. They're definitely evil. Um, any theories from the newbies on who are these folks? And there's plenty of theories out there, but I'm curious to get your theories. What do you think? Lottie, we'll go to you. Honestly, I think, yeah, next episode we're definitely going to get more because, I don't know, at the end after the... Um... When the episode's over, they sometimes show a little bit of the next episode. And I saw Nori, all of a sudden, she had those eyes, just like them, very pale eyes. So now I'm very curious. I didn't, also, I didn't expect at all that um, Sadok and uh, Marigold are going to go with them. I only expected Poppy and Nori to go. So that's going to be interesting. Who they really are, I am clueless honestly because i like i don't know anything about what kind of folks should be around at that time so i feel like um i was confused because nori definitely is gonna have a connection with them somehow next episode you think nori so will like have maybe... a connection with the three cultists yeah the because three... her eye color changed and <gasps> I didn't notice that. That was 
after the episode is over, they show just a few scenes for the next from the next episode. Oh, yes, yes, yes. So I saw that there and I was confused and I thought maybe they are, they did something really evil, but maybe they are somehow important or they're not as evil. I don't know, because they haven't talked yet. So I feel like maybe we need them hmm. later on. Yeah. Aubrey, any theories about these three strangers? Well, they're very spooky. Um, but no, I think they look, but, you know, we don't know. I think they, okay, this is resting. This is theoretically my thought that I am in one of the camps of man is a wizard. Um, you know, theories. I have to think, think that they're either looking for him as we saw, you know, in the in the trilogy, the Lord of the Rings can use their power for good or evil. Um, either, I think, trying to you know cut him off at the root him to for evil. I don't know, you know, who are they working for? We don't. Or, I mean, the the other out there, they clearly. Have have magic powers uh, and so, so you know are they something that we, we don't really understand and maybe they're not evil but, but they're just so good that they would burn down Harfoot regardless of <laughs> regardless of the you know how mean it is um but yeah I'm I mean it'll be really interesting to like who are they serving essentially is what I'm really curious whom do you serve in other words yes <laughs> um I'm curious to talk chat with you ladies about the dialogue I had my criticisms of the dialogue in the Harfoots this time um Nori's father's speech I had a few issues with that speech particularly um our hearts as big as our feet um, some of this dialogue just wasn't really hitting it out of the park for me. Mm. Um, I'd love to get your reactions on dialogue. I think we talked about the Galadriel dialogue. We really enjoyed the Galadriel dialogue. We enjoyed the Elrond Durin dialogue. Um, Harfa dialogue. Your thoughts, Lottie? I feel like it was, like you said, a little bit out of the blue, like that emotional. I mean, he should give, like Sadok said, just give him some time. I mean... All your things got burned and a lot of things are happening you don't understand. It's important, actually. Um, you know, if you talk about mental health, it's important to give those feelings room and not just ignore them. But I also understand how he wants to you know, keep the spirits up and show resilience. Show, like, no, we can... It's all just things... It's all interpretation. We can just keep going. Everything will be fine. So I understand both sides, but I think he over, like you said, he overreacted a little bit at that moment. But I, what I enjoyed was, and I had to chuckle a little bit when he said it was very ironic. Uh, we don't slay dragons, not much for digging jewels. And you think about what's to come in The Hobbit. So that was yes. a cute little moment. But yeah. Um, 
like I said, it's it's it wasn't the worst. I understand why he did it, but it came a little bit, I don't know, out of the blue. Yeah. I think I'd agree with that. The one thing, this is taking a so, but I particularly enjoyed when talking to the tree and they ask what he's saying, small words so that the tree can understand. Mm -hmm. I thought that that was sweet. And I also thought it was a very sort of, you know, explanation for bigger things that are going around this understanding of like oh well they're tired so that they know um so and i but i'd have to i agree with lottie on, on sort of the dialogue later but also the character motivations um something that came up while i was watching that we were like the Harfoots are sort of, um, and I was like, they're sort of like, <laughs> in the sense that like, they stay safe a lot of the time and they're trying not to get stepped on, trying to stay out of danger and um, sort of played into the, maybe the dialogue feeling a little out of beach and stuff like that, because we're used to seeing yeah, yeah. I think um, watching Nori sort of have this change of heart was a little difficult for me because um, she's been so stout this whole time and so adventurous. There's more out there, you know, and this time she was saying, and I, I, I see why they did it because her sister was hurt and it's causing her to evaluate you know, her choices, but she was saying, well, I, I should have just stuck to the road. Um, I'm just a Harfoot, you know, um, that was a tough moment for me because that she then decides to go after the stranger. So it didn't, it was a lot of like major swings in her thinking, like to, almost too abrupt. It didn't quite all, all jive for me there. <laughs> I am gl glad that they're going after the stranger and I'm, I'm happy to see where that storyline goes. Um, even though I'm wondering if they're going to tie it into the larger story and how they're going to tie it into the larger story. Um, I, I don't think that they're going to, but no, no spoilers. So we won't, uh, we won't go there. Um, but I want to move on to someone who's just a major topic who was barely in this, barely in this episode, but we have to at least touch on him. Um, we've got to talk about Hallbrand. We'll talk about Hallbrand first, and then we'll talk definitely more, a little more about uh, Theo and, and Bronwyn and Arondir in that camp. Um, so let's talk about Hallbrand. Um, we didn't see him much, but he was found and he was wounded. He was found on the road. We don't know how he was wounded. Um, but he then uh, joins Galadriel and returns um, to elven lands um, to be healed by elvish medicine. So Galadriel says, you know, this wound needs elvish medicine. Nice call back to Fellowship of the Ring. Um, so last week, the entire newbie panel was firmly in the Sauron. Uh, Halbrand is Sauron camp. Um, so how do we feel this week? How do we feel about Halbrand as a character? Um, any new or emerging thoughts? I know we didn't see him much, but I felt like he loomed large over the episode. Um, we'll start with you, Lottie. I had a few thoughts about, yeah, I wouldn't say I have a change of mind because I still am not entirely sure. But 
um, in terms of who's Sauron. Well, I'm I'm gonna start with Halbrand. It seemed a little quick for me that he was almost dying uh, there, and then he was already up walking around and on a horse. But maybe more time passed between those two scenes. It was very very like, oh gosh, there's Halbrand. He's almost you know he's sweating, his wounds still bleeding, and then the next moment we see him outside, like. You know, everyone's cheering for him and mounted on a horse like he seems fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I think everyone, anyone who's ever been on a horse. Oh, I'm sorry, Aubrey. What did you say? Oh, sorry. But I was just saying running on a horse. Probably. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, with an open wound or, you know, a wound just just started to heal would feel I think would feel pretty um painful um he didn't say much but I have because of the last scene I have more thoughts about Adar and I thought about what Adar had said um that he killed Sauron last episode what if he I thought what if he meant like he killed Sauron inside of himself to leave like the path, you know, how, how some people say, I killed hmm. a part of myself to leave that behind and move on and have a fresh start um, and be someone else. And I thought, I, I know um, John is not here today because it made me think of the Wheel of Time, how it, they create so much mystery around who's the dragon in that, ep uh, in that show. And then in the end, it is the guy we all thought, oh, it would be kind of obvious if he was the dragon and then he, it's him. So I thought, what if they did that to us and Adar is actually Sauron? Because now he's the king of the, not uh, the, the, what did they say? King or lord of the Southlands anymore, but Mordor. They created the name Mordor. Um, yeah, how so... did you like that? It says the Southlands and then it says Mordor. Thumbs up, thumbs down. And chat... Super chat, I'll ask you that as well. Uh, graphic designer. We got a thumbs down from Aubrey. my favorite choice. I agree, Aubrey was very heavy-handed. It was like, let the audience use their... We know that. We don't need to yeah. see it spelled out so clearly, right? Just let him say it. Yes, like, that's what I thought. Just... Show <laughs> the rest of the map. The right, show the map. Graphic designer in me did, did die. <laughs> The graphic designer in you died because of the font, <laughs> no, no, or just, no, just the way it looked. Of the, yeah, yeah, it just like the right yeah. application. Yes, I totally agree. It was so, it was verging on ridiculous to have it, you know, clearly written out there. <laughs> I thought that was, like was also very cheesy. <laughs> I feel like showing it. They've already done a lot of map throughout the series. I think that would mm -hmm. have been much more effective looking it was the combo overlay that, that was the problem yeah totally agree i mean i couldn't break it down why it visually what didn't work but i know enough to say just just the fact that they had the southlands and then fade into morador was it was really really heavy-handed and and we we know or the audience knows even the newbies can recognize this is probably Mordor where the orcs are now comfortable. They can roam freely because it's dark. Um, we can put those pieces together. We don't actually need it to be spoon fed out to us. Um, but I, 
I actually want to talk about um, another that I felt like was was focused on in this episode before we have to wrap up, which was Elendale. So let's talk about Elendale and Isildur. Um, Elendale thinks that his son is dead. Um, he has this moment where he's grieving and he's angry. Um, so I want to talk about Elendale as a character, um, the grieving father, and get your reactions to to his storyline and um, whether or not we think Isildur is in fact dead. Um, Lottie. Abs- no, Isildur is not dead. I don't think so. <laughs> he um, says he's not dead. Yeah. <laughs> no, I actually think uh, we might even, I don't know, maybe see him. They're going to the Numenorean uh, settlement right next the the humans mm-hmm. the Southlanders so we might see him there who knows <laughs> but uh, I I can understand absolutely he's a father he lost his son that's what he thinks and he now regrets that he ever picked up Galadriel from the sea but I this is not how you can think about that this is you agree to this you're you're down you know you're bound to protect your queen and wherever it leads her you gotta go and mm-hmm. i don't think you can it, it, anything that you you know almost like the butterfly effect anything you do has some sort of consequences or effects and you cannot go around and say oh if i haven't done that had i not done that this wouldn't have happened but other things maybe good things also had you not done this that wouldn't have happened so it's it's in his initial reaction to his loss, mm-hmm. but I feel like he should be more more professional. I would say um, more of a leader in this moment to say to at least not blame Galadriel. Right, we want to see the captain Elendil, but he's yeah. but at the same time he's he's lost in his grief and he thinks his his only or his his not his only son, but he thinks his son is dead, so he is is really wrestling with that. Um yeah. I think something that was really great about this episode is that we really see the characters wrestle with the consequences of their choices. Right? Oh, yeah. So Elendil is wrestling with the consequence of losing a sealed door. He thinks he's lost a sealed door. Um, we see Queen Muriel. Queen Muriel wrestles with the cost of the choice to go to Middle Earth. She is blinded by the coals and loses her sight, um, which I thought was, you know, I did not expect that literally Middle Earth would hold darkness for her. Remember, in a previous episode, yes. her father says, all that waits for you in Middle Earth is, is darkness. darkness. And it is a literal literal darkness we come to find um, in this episode. Uh, but that was, that was um, it was really a powerful thing to see these characters face, face um, the devastation that their decisions have brought on them um, by following the self to Middle yeah. Earth. Um, even Aubrey Galadriel. Oh, even Galadriel. Yeah, go for it. Galadriel. She just said she has, she's told Theo, you cannot burden yourself with those things. And then she says, I think, or you never, you know, it's hard to ever take them off if you start burdening yourself, if you put it on your back, on your shoulders. And I think she's also talking about herself. She, I don't think she, right now she's wrestling with her decisions too. Even though she's still strong, she still wants to go forward. But she's trying to apologize in that moment to Queen Muriel. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. That's all I wanted to say. Yeah. Um, Aubrey 
Galadriel for you and characters, you know, facing consequences this episode? I, so, so when they first put Theo, it was kind of a weird combo, but then they have, have such, um, that he or she, all these moments of self-reflection while she's trying to advise Anne, right? Which is, I think, something we've been waiting for the, the whole series. Yes. Um, you can kind of hear, which was nice, in some of her lines where her and she's like, oh, oh, I need to listen to myself. Um, mm-hmm. With um, Elendil, I'm surprised to see the amount of emotion. Not, not that it wouldn't is your son um but i the regret or the uh seeing that uh changed his dedication to the cause Surprise. right it seemed a little out of character to me as well because yeah he was the one in the first place like loyal literally um and so so that was Surprising and interesting to me. I was straying a little, little, little bit, but obviously, to me, the horse uh, mm-hmm. was a big, big sign at a seal door. Um, just because of, in the in the series, in the Lord of the Rings series, we do are, are very loyal to their. their um kings <laughs> uh or their writers um a little bit of a lord of the rings call back um with the horse and a sealed door yes i i love the moment where he releases the horse um i think we all can guess where that horse is going um he may right. be going, yeah. <laughs> He's probably going to find. Time. That's right. It would not be the first time a horse went to find its rider. I also love that True. moment. And s- the cinematography there is so beautiful. Like anytime we get shots of the landscape, right? Just so, so stunning. Um, so pretty. Well, ladies, before we wrap it up, I want to get your predictions for what happens. This is the penultimate episode. We are now going to the finale, the very last episode. I can't believe it. It went by so quickly. Um, At least for me, I've been enjoying every second, the highs and lows. Um, I want to get your predictions for the, the, the final episode, the eighth and final episode. Uh, So you can focus on a character, what will happen with a character, or you can focus on um, storylines and what happens there. Let's start with Lottie. Predictions for the final episode. Uh, Some predictions I already mentioned uh, with, well, I wouldn't call it a prediction, but Adar and my doubts, maybe it's, it is him. Um, Who knows? (laughs) But I want to talk about just the theme of fire i'm kind of hoping we get more of how fire has not only destructive potential but also fire um i don't know if you caught this but durin senior said um he talked about 
during Junior's sickness when he was a little baby mm-hmm. and how he um, every night held him to the firelight. In that moment, I was like, wow, this is this means fire is not only death and destruction, but also life and warmth and mm-hmm. energy. And, you know, we use it for cooking, we for food and mm-hmm. light. Um, and it reminded me a lot. I, I don't know if you've ever watched Avatar, The Last Airbender, but I love how in the end of that, um, at the end of that show, they they talk about the elements, right? And fire is that one element this whole time. We think they're the bad guys. They're destroying everything with their fire. But then at the end, we learn fire is more than that. We need fire. It's breath. It's, like I said, it's energy. So I hope we get more, I don't know, more about that, how how it can be something different. Maybe that ties into what the mis- mystics are doing. So, yeah. That's um, one prediction about that. And a second one, just that Numenor, I was this whole time, I was curious what's happening in Numenor right now, because we still have uh, Farazan and a sealed sister mm-hmm. back there. And I don't know, it's, it's, it feel, feels like maybe they come back and it's ruled by Farazan. And we'll see a lot of tension definitely there. And maybe, um, you know, the queen is now weakened being, she's challenged. Maybe the king is dead. I don't know. Yeah, something like that. So Numenor is definitely a place of tension now. Yes. Ooh, I love that. I loved, thank you for pointing out that bit of dialogue. Um, I loved that scene where he's talking to, where Durin is talking to his son about, you know, about putting him near the fire and um that's a really good catch that we've seen the destructive um things that fire can can um can bring about but hopefully we also see some some positives or or even um I mean, the show is called The Rings of Power, right? I think it's obvious that we're going to see the rings forged at some point. Um, And we know fire will be a critical element um, in this story. So that's, yeah, thank you for pointing that out. Um, And I'll go to Aubrey predictions. And then um, we're going to flash the number on the screen. And if anybody wants to call in live and chat with the newbie panel, uh, before we sign off and hand it over to our wonderful lore panel, uh, you can do that. We'll have the number up. You can call in live. Um, and don't forget, if you're in the super chat, you are in the running to win um, so pieces of art that we that are going to be raffled off by our wonderful artists this week. So, Aubrey, let's get your predictions for the final episode. I mean, I hope that we're going to get some things um i think for us to find out who who meteor man is just get a uh, more more insight i think we'll see i do think we'll see some, some more especially um like you said the queen regent being blinded now now i did see elendil uh sort of cause fading as well that you know that's like like goal player that um we'll see tension in it i think that we i think we might see see seal door um 
coming back. And I, I'm really hoping we get a, a Harfoot adventure. Um, just can't wait to see those four setting off. Might also be like um, way to end this, this first season where you know ends where um, Sam and taking off on their own. Um, mm. So sweet to see something like that sort of happening. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm really I'm very very excited. Yes, um, me too. I'm excited for hopefully some of the cliffhangers to be resolved. And um, I know that there'll be new cliffhangers. They're not going to wrap everything up. Um, it looks like we haven't gotten calls, but so I'm going to let you ladies go. I want to thank you both for your time and your insights. This was really wonderful. And um, I hope that you will join us, both of you, next week for our final chat with our newbie panel. It's always fun to get the newbie perspective. Um, and now we are going to say goodbye to our newbies. We're going to bring Michael Roland up from Watch Party Podcast Network. Um, he's going to come back on and he's going to